Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snake All Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for joining me today. This is your host, Jim Ventura. It's your first time tuning into Snake All Radio. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about our show, and we'll kind of dive into our 45-minute show here. Uh, my name is Jim Ventura. I am a professional navigational consultant, which means I have been uh, doing various types of readings for many years with astrology, numerology, tarot, all kinds of different oracles that I work with. I'm also an author and a blog columnist and uh, a number of other things, but uh, this is a show that I do every uh, two or three times a month on Thursdays. And we've got some different themes for the radio shows. Uh, this uh, is our beginning of the month show. So I will be doing uh, a live read of my current column. And then uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that in detail. Uh, I'm not going to take live calls today, although I might if I have a little time at the end of our show, the last five or ten minutes, I may take a call or two. But uh, as a general rule of thumb, I don't take live calls for uh, many readings on uh, my uh, beginning of the month show, just because I like to stay on the subject uh, for, for most of the show. So uh, anyway, again, thanks for joining me. If you want any more information about any of the work that I do, please go to my uh, my uh, excuse me my uh, my website. I don't know what my mind is today. Uh, go to my website at jimventura.com. You can get information about that. If you're not already getting my monthly newsletter, email me at VenturaSag at Yahoo to the monthly newsletter mailing list so you could get to read my columns before I get to do them live on air, uh, as well as uh, access to all kinds of good metaphysical information, including uh, reading specials and things that I do as well. Okay, now for the sales stuff. Uh, I did get to play the lead uh, piece of Dark Lady by Cher, which sort of, I guess, humorously ties into our subject today. Uh, this is a new column that I wrote called uh, Getting a Good Reading. And I'm going to read the column alive, and then I'm going to talk a bit about this in a little bit more depth as well. So in case you haven't already read the column, let's get a live read, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll chat about that a little bit more. So this month's snake oil, a good reading. I recently reconnected with a client I hadn't seen in over seven years. I remember when I received a particularly stressed call from John back in 2001. I worked with John at a few sessions before his call, often centering around his relationship struggles in his two-year marriage. His wife gave birth to their first son about a year after they married. The baby had some troubling health issues they were both concerned about. However, the biggest struggle centered around their love-hate relationship they were having. She had a daughter from a previous relationship who was now 16. His new wife carried guilt about her first divorce and overcompensated by spoiling her daughter and giving her things to make up for her, quote, mistakes. 
The young girl was not happy about her mother taking some of the attention away from her and worked hard at sabotaging the relationship between her mother and her mother's new husband. Along the way, both John and his wife had done some spiteful things to each other because of the situation, as well as other battles that were now hard to repair. Strangely, the reason for John's traumatized call was actually because he had gone to a psychic reader who sucker-punched him with some painful predictions about the future of their relationship. I wasn't familiar with the reader he talked with, but I had heard of her. She told him during their session that his wife would leave him within six months. She was also stealing money from him and hiding it. In the divorce, she would take full custody of their child and block him from ever seeing his son again. John was horrified. He was trying everything in his power to make her happy. He worked long hours to give his wife everything she wanted, but she was still unhappy. Matters of trust and confidence were at issue for both of them. I talked with him for a bit to help him release some of the tremendous fear he now had around all the bad news. In reality, he already had a lot of fear about what might occur, and the reader tuned into this by telling him all of his worst-case fears would come true. Finding a good reader, psychic healer, is not always an easy task. In many respects, it's not unlike finding an expert in any field. We could hire a contractor to do work for a home and get someone who does a lousy job. We might find a doctor or other healer who ends up doing more harm than good. We may get grossly overcharged from a car mechanic or any type of repair person. The list of potential unqualified people we can hire to do work for us is often equal to the amazing people we might find in contrast. Thankfully, in this modern age, there are websites that can help us choose more wisely by checking out others' reviews. We can ask friends for referrals and also find talented people with genuine skills if we're willing to do some research. About two years ago, I had a client who came in for a Tarot reading. She was looking for a reading about when her next husband would come into her life. The cards showed a likely new relationship within the next six months. They also suggested that there would be some troubling communication issues connected with the new relationship. When I began to take some time to talk about her relationship patterns and how her past experience and wounds might be blocking movement in this area, she immediately stopped me. She was irritated as she told me. I don't come here for advice. I already see a psychologist. I just want you to tell me exactly when and with whom I will be married to again. We finished the session and I knew with a sense of relief that she would never come back to see me again. It doesn't happen often, but sometimes people will attempt to bully me into giving them the information they want to hear. Many people misunderstand how oracles and intuitive readings work. They are unaware that our thoughts and beliefs form our reality. Some people believe that things just happen to them and often for no particular reason. They are not aware that if we are experiencing a block in any area, it's because either our higher self does not want this for us at this time, or we have limiting beliefs that are keeping it from manifesting. I remind my clients that what we see in the cards and the other oracles in our past and present positions are probable or likely ones. Rarely are they unchangeable facts. We have far more control over creating our reality than we think. A good reader is an intuitive interpreter of psychic messages that is able to clarify and explain any messages that come through the oracles. Readers that don't use cards or other oracles are often simply good at reading energy. We need to remember that when working with psychics, even an excellent reader is acting as a channel and may blur information and alter it somewhat according to their beliefs and other filters. 
my focus in sessions has always been more of a combination of giving insight and helping clients to understand probable direction. My main focus has always been about helping my clients to understand why things are happening and what their part is in creating these events. Often tune into people by sharing similar experiences and stories about what I went through in the past or in my present. Astrology, numerology, and other divination tools show us our inclinations, our dispositions, our talents, and our challenges. Understanding these things can help us tap into our potential, give us insight into what we're capable of manifesting, and also assist us to come to terms with healing any wounds that may be blocking our happiness. In life, there are both positive and negative probabilities that we may encounter, and sometimes we can actually change these things. We are rarely doomed to experience an, an unalterable event. At the very least, we can change how we view situations to see that there is a larger purpose in any experience. Even a loss or difficulty may prove to be a blessing in disguise. A talented reader is one who is able to assist in this process. Some readers tell their clients what they perceive as probable directions as absolute facts. They deliver information as they see it and sometimes give shocking news and information to their clients. The oddest part is of this is that many people are actually looking for this and only this. They want to be told exactly how their life will go. Well, there is nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with searching for the excitement and fun of simply finding a reader who knows a lot of things about you. I did this myself when I went to psychic fairs in my early 20s for a year or two. Yet, in some respects, this focus is like only filling up on junk food when your body is hungry. Your body would be far more nourished by eating healthy foods. The reader who told John that he would experience these calamities was actually right about many of her predictions. A year later, the couple did separate. There were financial struggles in the divorce, although she shares custody of their child and didn't battle in the extreme ways that the reader predicted. They also reunited a few times before they finally divorced. The reader was honest with John about how she saw it, if she may have done more harm than good by not being able to help him see the larger picture and his role in all of this. John had self-destructive tendencies connected with alcohol. He also had childhood abandonment issues and a fear of lack of control. He had a few verbally violent outbursts with his wife and stepdaughter that shook her trust in him during their marriage. She had issues with extreme greed, a fear of lack. No matter how much John worked or did for her, she was never happy during their marriage. A few years later, John remarried after three years of being alone. Introspective inner work, meditation, and counseling help John achieve more balance. He's much happier in his second marriage and has dealt with his alcoholism and his anger issues. He is far more peaceful and as a result is experiencing more peace outwardly. He now has full custody of his teenage son. It took him some time, but he was able to see that as painful as his loss was at the time, there's a part of him that knew their relationship together was unworkable. His ex-wife has married and divorced two more times since, and she is still looking for the right man. To me, a gifted reader is someone who helps you understand the events of your life in a positive way, even the seemingly negative ones. A good reader helps open up your intuitive channels so that you become better at listening to the messages coming from your higher self. As a new client left my office the other day, she stopped before she left to say this to me. Wow. I'm not sure if you told me anything I didn't already know or feel. It was more like you confirmed what I was feeling and gave me some insight into other ways of looking at things. I wasn't sure if her comment was actually meant to be a compliment. 
that is exactly how I took it. All righty, so that was my last column. Uh, I want to uh, I'm talk about this in a little more depth here shortly. Um, and uh, welcome all my guests to the show. Uh, if you're calling in, uh, this is not a call-in show, guys. Um, I'm, I may be able to take one or two calls at the end of today's show, but as a general rule of thumb, like I said in the beginning of the show, I don't take calls on my column read days just because uh, people are kind of wanting to get information about this subject. And if I get sidetracked and do many readings, uh, uh, I'm not able to really uh, accomplish that task. Uh, if you want to call in, the best shows to call in for are uh, my astrology update shows because I talk about astrology and then I always take 15, 20, sometimes 25 minutes to do live calls. So I'll be doing one of those toward the end of May. So uh, check my schedule and call in on one of those shows. Uh, again, slight possibility I may get to the phone today. I don't know. Uh, but if not, then uh, please be uh, calling again during my astro uh, astrology uh, live read shows that I do. Uh, you know, you can follow me uh, through uh, Blog Talk, too, to know when I'm doing different shows. Because sometimes I do shows just specifically for that purpose as well, too. But uh, anyway, so just so you know, again, thank you, everyone, for joining me. Uh, live today, or whether you're catching the show in archive, happy to have you here. Uh, so anyway, I want to talk a little bit more about this in some depth. Uh, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, obviously, I, I should probably state this, when I talked about this gentleman, John, um, that's not his real name. Um, honestly, he's actually a composite that I've worked with. A lot of people have similar themes and issues that they go through. Um, and to some extent, it does have to do with a certain person, but I certainly got permission to talk about this because he definitely can be proud of how much he's accomplished in the last 10 years or so in terms of shifts. Uh, but again, I, don't, I typically don't share information about clients with anyone for obvious reasons. But again, you know, it, it's always kind of interesting because there are patterns that happen. And I use like a, a great example of this. Like today, for instance, I had three clients today, and they all were Sagittarius's, and all going through somewhat similar themes and issues as well. It's very cool that I kind of get to see this type of thing. My, my clients wouldn't see it. It's something that I observe that a lot of times I get people going through similar stuff at similar times. Again, the mathematical probability odds of all Sagittarians coming in one day is pretty cool uh, from a math perspective. So uh, anyway, uh, always interesting stuff. But you know, one of the things I was talking about with in the column about this gentleman John's experience is yeah, you know, you know, I had I had saw him a few times when I kind of got the panicked phone call about um, what was going on with his wife and him having gone seen the other reader and him being so disturbed about what she said. Now again, she really wasn't wrong. Um, she really did pinpoint some of those things a little off kilter, and certainly she didn't give him some food for thought in a healthy way as well too. But you know, really. Where John was at at that point was he really, he had done some kind of abusive things with his new wife. He was pissed off at how much energy she put toward her child, her you know her daughter, and he drank too much. And you know people drink too much, and they say and do things sometimes that are not good. And then you kind of wonder why you're doing your best to make amends, and she doesn't feel safe and trust him. And you know it, it was interesting too because I had asked him at one point why he had never. Um, you know, actually, not, it wasn't him, it was his mother. I asked his mom about why his wife never contacted me for a session, and, and she said, oh, she wanted to, but he wouldn't let her. So, 
was definitely controlling and had real, you know, again, real kinds of issues there. I would say too much alcohol added into the mix is not usually uh, a good criteria for good stuff happening. Um, you always remember, I always tell clients this, that alcohol, what alcohol does is it masks fear. So that's why people who drink heavily are often very fearful. So the alcohol masks that fear temporarily. They feel more confident. You know, it's like the Eagle song, take another shot of courage. Now, unfortunately, sometimes what we do when we're courageous under alcohol is say and do dumb shit that we're going to have to <laughs> make up for at another point. So I think that that's an important thing to remember along the way. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, really, again, on a positive side, he really did kind of clean up his act, and it's a much better place. You know, not all of our first marriages or relationships are always going to be our permanent one. I think we need to remember that. But, you know, another thing that I had talked about in this piece that I think is really kind of interesting about the idea of finding a good reader is, you know, just exactly what I was kind of saying in the, in the article, the essay, that, you know, listen, like well, most things in life, things are trial and error. You know, I, I myself had to go through a number of different auto mechanics before I found the awesome auto mechanic that I have now. Um, I... Uh, I had an issue uh, a year and a half back with my, my, my Prius, and uh, the, the, the secondary battery went out, and I went to my auto mechanic I'd used for years, and he quoted me $1,900 to replace and fix the battery. And this is, and this is, not, a main, this is not the main battery. This is a secondary, smaller, like, power steering battery. And, uh, I mean, I was having a heart attack. I mean, it's, it had 140,000 miles on it. I mean, two grand. So uh, thankfully, I listened to a friend. I went to a different mechanic, got an opinion from him, and he quoted me at about 400 bucks to fix it, $400. Uh, and I was jumping up and down. And then when he did the job, it ended up being 260 because he found it even cheaper. So, you know, talk about the wisdom of hunting around to find the right person to do a job for us. So, yeah, well, the same thing can apply to, to working with readers. You know, people come to me, a lot of people like my style and the way that I do things. Um, I do read for people and I pick up on things. But, you know, a lot of it is counseling and giving people insight and at a different level that's important for the work that I do. And uh, I just have a little different take on that. Some people really kind of want that reader to kind of shock them in that respect with what they know. And, and listen, I, I went through that myself, too, in my early years of um, – of uh, when I was like, you know, 19 and 20, I remember my obsession with psychic fairs. I used to go to psychic fairs and get little different mini readings and, and things like that. And, uh, yeah, it was, you know, it's fun to, to talk to the different readers and see what they knew and what kind of insight they could give me. Although most of the time, yeah, I would go to these readers and they would sort of be like, oh, God, you have really great cards, you have a lot of talent, you've got a lot of ease in your life. And I was always like, okay, rolling my eyes in my head because some of that was true, but I was definitely dealing with a lot of challenges as well. So uh, some of them kind of dressed things up a little. And then I also ran across some people that were pretty amazing along the way. But I think, like I said, a lot of that's kind of an adrenaline thing in a lot of ways uh, that can be appealing at one level but um, also uh, can become kind of an addiction as well, too. It's kind of like in the piece I had mentioned, I had a client who came to me, and she was looking for the next husband and wanted to know who he was going to be, when it was going to happen, you know, all of those things. 
And, uh, you know, listen, that's cool. Uh, you know, there's certain things that are destined, definitely things that you can see in the cards that will come up. But, you know, I can tell you that she was so adamant about getting married that that was such an important thing to her that, you know, I always kind of think that when we're trying too hard to achieve something, um, often we don't. Uh, simply because we fear that we're not going to get there or, you know, in a lot of cases people will try to squeeze and fit into something that really doesn't necessarily fit them because they want something so badly in that way. Unfortunately, I think a lot of marriages are this. Not all by any means. Some people have amazing relationships and partnerships, but I do think sometimes people get caught up in that trap of, of trying too hard. And then I always say, listen, if you're obsessed with a fear of being alone, and you don't want to be alone, welcome to the world of how our higher self works. Often what we fear our higher self will bring to us at some level so that, not, not as punishment, but so that we release the fear that we are able to, uh, you know, let go of that fear and come to that recognition that we're fine without it as well. You know, I often say that, to, you know, I, I was a very much a relationship junkie, so to speak, in my 20s uh, and, and early 30s, it was all about me finding a relationship. It was very important to me. Uh, you know, and, and by the time I got to my late 30s and, and early 40s, I really came to a point where I was single and, and pretty comfortable with that. In fact, I was dating on and off, but I've been single for a number of years, and I like being alone. It's perfectly fine with me. I like it as much as being in a relationship, but I'd prefer to be in a healthy, good relationship as opposed to squeezing myself into something difficult just because I'm afraid of being alone. So I think, you know, listen, I always say that that's part of our own spiritual growth that we go through as well in life. So, yeah, when it comes to finding a right reader, I, I do think, like I said, we, we all are looking somewhat for different things, but I always would caution someone to understand that when you're talking to a reader, an intuitive, a channel in any capacity, you know, I really like to use the word channel for that reason, because you, they, are, they are able to channel information, whether it comes to the cards, whether they're an intuitive uh, reader, where they pick things up, so to speak. Some people talk to the dead or your spirit guides. People have different vehicles in the way that they read and they get information. It, and, and one is not necessarily better than another. I've, I've been to many great channelers who spoke for deceased people in, in a literal way where they sort of let their body be taken over sort of to speak for for a, an entity and listen, some of them were r amazing really really cool you know I've been able to do that with clients sometimes too when they ask about a deceased person sometimes I could pick up a feel or vibes from that person which is really awesome when that happens but uh, not always again it just depends on on the person and the channel and all of those things but kind of getting back to the point about the word channel is it's just exactly that. That person is channeling it. So you're tuning into that channel. I mean, think of it this way, like uh, listening to a radio station or tuning into a television channel. I think the radio station might be a better analogy for understanding this, but sometimes you can be listening to a radio station, say you're driving, and then there's another radio station broadcasting on a similar channel or near it, and sometimes you get bleed through where, you know, you can hear you know, sometimes a shift and you hear a different song coming in while you're listening to your other song. So sometimes you know, when it comes to tuning into information and tuning into the other side, 
there are bleed-throughs and, and ways where the information might be distorted or somehow not completely always clear. So it's a good thing to remember as, as kind of a case in point. Also, understanding that even the best channel is going to have opinions and point of views and perspectives. So for instance, let me give you an example of this. If you go to a reader who is very, very devoutly Christian, and, and, and listen, that is not a contradiction in terms. I have been to talk to readers that are very, very religious. Um, they're spiritual also, but they're very Christian in their tone and their perspective. So, you know, uh, they may not believe in divorce. They may not believe in gay marriage or, or, or you know what I mean? They may not believe it's appropriate to not have children when you're married. There's always innumerable possibilities. Um, that can come through with that. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've talked to readers and, and that are very, very Catholic. And listen, that's a great thing. Uh, this is not an attack on religion at any level. But part of Catholicism often, when that's part of one's history, is to some extent there's a little bit of a perspective from Catholicism that if you suffer, then God loves you somehow. But there's an energy pattern that does exist a little bit within Catholicism behind that. So what I'm kind of getting at is if you go to a reader that has their roots this way and you are in contemplation about a relationship that's very strained or very difficult, they may be inclined to channel what they get from the perspective that you should work it out no matter what. And in some cases that is the answer. Maybe it is something that could be worked through, but in some cases it may be an unworkable structure and it may be wise to kind of walk away. So, again, circumstances are different depending on what you're going through. I mean, everyone's different in those terms. There's no cut and dry answers. But what I'm kind of bringing up is that a channel is going to tailor that information to some extent through their own beliefs and their own perspectives. So even a really good reader or channeler is going to have some bleed through in that way toward their own beliefs. You know, many years ago, um, one of my favorite uh, books that I, series of books that I read when I was in my teens and in my 20s was uh, Jane Roberts, Who Channeled Seth, very famous um, uh, reader in a different context. She channeled this deceased entity named Seth and brilliant material, a short book called Nature of Personal Reality, Seth Speaks, Unknown Reality, The Nature of the Psyche, amazing channel books. And, you know, Jane Roberts had been very, um, she really was able to get amazing, clear information through Seth, but even when she wrote her own books outside of Seth, she would comment that she struggled a lot with many of the things Seth said that she was afraid of printing them. She was uncomfortable sometimes. So no matter how clear Jane was, and she was definitely one of the clearest of channels in terms of information I've ever seen, I always knew to some extent some of the material might have been tainted a little in some ways because of her fear from her um, deep belief that she was a sinful person at some level. And also she did this at a time in the late 60s, early 70s. I think she died in the early 80s. Um, where this was kind of something than it absolutely is now. So, again, always reminding everyone, listen, anytime anyone's reading for you, it should somehow resonate with your own energy as well, too. I mean, I think that that's a very, very key component to understanding that process. And like I had mentioned in the piece, always remember ultimately your thoughts and beliefs form your reality and your experiences. We are uh, 
you know, we do create our own reality. So a reader isn't creating that for you. A good one is tuning in to what's going on and giving you insight. In fact, to some extent, a really good reader to me is somewhat neutral. I mean, I don't, when I read for people, I don't have an attachment to what they do. I do want to steer them toward a better, more positive outcome. But I learned a long time ago that sometimes that's not going to necessarily be part of someone's growth at that time. They may have to go through difficulty in some respects in order for them to, uh, to learn and to grow. Uh, so I, I always think that that's a very, very key thing to, to understand and be aware of. Uh, but, yeah, that's it. That, you know, the process of finding a good reader is, again, it's not always necessarily an easy one. I think we, you know, we always get some good information no matter what from everyone at some level, even if it's that we work with someone and they, they don't, their predictions don't necessarily pan out uh, or, or, or they're off completely. You know, often sometimes we'll have certain areas where they might have nailed it or hit it in some levels as well too. But, but that's the other thing that I always say. I think that when you read cards, I'll use the Tarot as an example, I think we have to really, really remember that what we're seeing is probable direction, likely directional arrows for where things are heading. You know, through many, many years of reading for people, people might find it of some surprise, but I actually still read my own cards. You know, I, I don't read, I probably read the Tarot every maybe four or five months. I do maybe two or three times a year I'll read my own cards. You know, I usually will look at a period of, of two or three months. I don't I don't want to, I, even when clients ask for a reading where they want to look at the next 10 years or so, I often dissuade them from that. I think it's too much can change in that time, and it tends to kind of get watered down. Uh, you know, I always use this, this is kind of a fun example, but uh, some years ago I had a 21-year-old girl who came to me and she wanted a reading for the next 10 years. And I told her, I don't think it's a good idea. And she said, you won't do it. I said, no, I didn't say I wouldn't do it. I'm telling you it's not really a good idea. And what showed up in her cards was two relationships that she would be involved in that would inevitably not necessarily work out, and then the outcome was a man that she would eventually marry or partner with when she was in her late 20s, early 30s. But i got to tell you, I, she wasn't happy. And she said to me, I don't really, why would I waste my time with the first two guys? You know, I mean, it would just be better for me to go to the final one that I'm going to end up being with anyway in that sense. And I said, uh, this is the exact reason that a 10-year spread isn't the best of ideas because not only is it not definitive that it's going to go that way, but even if it likely does, um, you know, of course you needed to go through those experiences with those, those other two relationships. They, they were meaningful. So part of what we learn about what we want is, is also by learning about what we don't want. I always think that that's a, you know, a very, very key element to consider. But again, I just think that things can change too much in 10 years. That's why I tend to myself work with people in kind of a shorter duration because you often can get more clarity around that um, as well too. So I, I think that that's, again, really, really important uh, to consider. I have a bit of a different focus you know, uh, than I guess other readers do. I'm not saying my style is better. Uh, listen, you know, uh, other people have to have different perspectives on things. Um, I tend to kind of combine a certain amount of therapy within my sessions as well, too, as I work with people because, again, I would think that if we remove a wound or something that's blocking us, that kind of frees up the energy for us to manifest something more positive, more beneficial. So I tend to think in terms of repairing or solving 
uh, I have a lot of Virgo in my chart. I'm not a Virgo, but my big conjunction of Virgo in my chart. So I do the typical standard Virgo thing, which is a deep-seated belief that everything can be fixed at some level if we're willing to, uh, to, to look at that. But again, I also know that, again, the directional arrows are just that. They're directional arrows and, and likely probable uh, dispositions or future situations that are coming up. That's why it can be really cool. You know, in many of the sessions I do with people, it's not even so much about predicting the future as it is about getting in touch with our own abilities, our own talents, our own wisdom, our own knowingness. You know, that's why, like, even astrology is great that way because you really begin to understand who you are and why you do what you do. You know, for instance, like, you know, when someone asks where your sign is, they're really saying, what is your sun sign? But your sun also is placed in a house. And that house placement often gives a lot of insight into what our life purpose is. You know, for me, my sun is in Sagittarius, but it's in the seventh house, but very close to the cusp of the eighth house. Seventh house is marriage, partnerships, relationships, diplomacy, working with other people. The eighth house is shared resources, sex, um, uh, power, transformation, kind of the intensities that we go through through relationships and how we influence, maneuver, and even manipulate others in life. So listen, anybody that knows me is going to say, wow, light bulb, that fits. I work with people, and I'm, I'm really, I'm a good partner, and I have a lot of friends. People tend to like me. I'm never sure exactly why, <laughs> but uh but people tend to like me, uh, seventh house son, but my eighth house is, listen, I'm also a, con a controlling person in a way where I do want to influence people, you know, uh, thankfully mostly in a positive sense, even though, believe me, in my younger days, I used, uh, I used my powers, not, and not in the cleanest way on occasion, so I've gotten more powerful about that. So, uh, you know, that, that eighth house wants to kind of tap into depth of life to really, really dive in. So, Listen, you know, that's not a prediction. That's an in bit of information that a good astrologer can tell you that really can give you a series of aha or light bulbs in a way that really help you understand your life purpose. When you know that you're meant to manipulate, probably use a nicer word, influence, you can relax a little bit and say, okay, since I'm meant to do this, let me do it in a better way. Let me do it in a positive way. You know, uh, so I, I like to think I, I help people, but I do push buttons a little along the way uh, to get them to go to their potential highest good. And I also, um, uh, you know, but I, I recognize that placement. Uh, listen, if you go to a good chiropractor and she fixes your back, you don't leave her office being mad at her that she fixed you. She maneuvered you a little bit in that sense, and that's one of the realms of the eighth house. So I, I just finished writing a piece about numerology, about people that are the eight strongly in the chart, have a tendency to be um, excessive in their striving and sometimes impatient. So, uh, again, it's great when you have numerology done for that reason, too, because you do understand your dispositions, and you can look at both the positive and the negative and then act accordingly. So that's it. Uh, we, we, you know, finding a good reading, finding the right reader, it might take a little time. It might take a little energy. It might take a little effort, but I always think that, you know, I don't know if anything is wasted. I think as we, if we try on different readers, we, we gain insight from what they have to tell us. We also can be selective enough to know what works and what doesn't work. Uh, and it, it really, like anything in life, can ultimately be a process in that way. Uh, and, 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 it, and it can be really fun uh, in that respect. Okay. So uh, I wanted to talk a bit about this. I wasn't going to be, I, I wasn't going to get to some uh, phone calls, but it looks like I do have extra time. And I think I've covered most of what I wanted to. So I think I'm going to take um, 
five minutes on each of these callers, about four minutes actually, guys. I've got to keep these short uh, just because we're going to run out of time. I've only got ten more minutes in the show. But uh, I will be back before I take these calls. I will be back here um, next uh, in, in two weeks. Well, I should be in Vegas in another week, so it's the week after that. I'll be doing my astrology show. Good show to call in on if you want to get a five-minute mini-reading um, as well as get the astrology updates so you kind of know what's going on for everybody. Uh, if you're not already getting my monthly newsletter, email me at VenturaSage at Yahoo.com and get added to the free monthly mailing list. Uh, you, you're not, you're, your name is never shared with anyone, so no worries that way. For information on private sessions with me, go to JimVentura.com. And thanks for joining me today. Let me take, uh, we got a few more minutes here, so let me take one of my callers, someone who patiently waited 26 minutes. All right. 954, welcome to Snake Oil Radio. Oh, hello, hello. Jim. Hi, how are my you? Name is Lucy. I'm very good. How are you? That was I'm very doing great today. Information. It was very good. interesting I'm, I'm... information that you gave us. I appreciate cool. Cool. it. And um, I you... wanted to ask you something because you told me to call you and I, I kept missing your shows. Because you said uh, you missed me the last time. You said 954, right. if you don't get in, please call back. And guess right. what? I'm here. So you are, are you good. See, that was meant to be. Uh, yeah. Yay. <laughs> yes, there we go. See, it worked out purposefully, right? I know. Divine timing. I believe in yep, that. Exactly. So what did you want to ask about? Anything you want to tell me. Okay, good. That's a believe it or not, that's a good place to come from. <laughs> in that sense, uh, I know. it's kind of I know. a neutral perspective. So, all right, this is uh, interesting. Uh, I pulled a rune for you. Tell me. And the okay, runes are about the Yeah. So let me tell you what runes I pulled. I love this rune, by the way. Um, this is a rather good one. So great to give you some good information here. So the rune that good. I pulled for you is called Sehu. It means possessions, nourishment, and cattle. So let me kind of do a quick, brief couple of quotes here. Uh, yes, it's okay. S-E-H-U, Sehu. In the, in the oh. Viking tradition, possessions, nourishment, cattle was sort of the exchange of money to some extent. So oh, this nice. is what he says. <laughs> Sehu is a rune of, of fulfillment, ambition satisfied, love fulfilled, rewards received. It promises nourishment from the most worldly to the sacred and the divine. For the ancient principle, as above, so below is true, then we're also here to nourish God. This rune calls for a deep probing of the meaning of profit and gain in your life. Look with care to know whether there's wealth and possessions you require for your well-being, or rather self-rule and the growth of a will. Another concern of Fehu is conserving what has already been gained. It urges vigilance and continued mindfulness, especially in times of good fortune, but it's then that we're likely to collapse ourselves into our success on the one hand or behave recklessly on the other. Enjoy your good fortune, and remember to share it. The mark of a well-nourished self is a willingness to nourish others. So this is a great signal because it suggests that you're kind of getting ready to come into a period of more of a sense of prosperity and being in a good space. Um, this is kind of like, you know, the, the energy pattern that I'm getting behind all of this is it feels to me like, you know, your guys are saying you've planted certain seeds in the ground yeah. and done certain things to have moved forward. And while it still feels a little bit like you may um, have a couple of um, things that are still strained or not exactly where you want them to be, um, I feel yeah. like there's something getting ready to come up in the next couple of months where you're moving into a new stage of success. 
And to further clarify this, I pulled two tarot cards for you. The past oh, present came up the came up the eight of swords, which means a circumstance where you feel a little limited or restricted at some level. Sometimes it's an actual yeah. feeling of being a little caged. Sometimes it's more of yeah. a mental cage. Either way, but the outcome in the next couple of months came up the universe card, which means like stepping up to another place in your life where a lot of your talents, abilities, and what you've learned actually blossom and grow in a way where you begin to feel successful. So this oh. actually kind of validates what the rune is saying as well, too. So does that make sense? Oh, yeah. It's just everything makes sense, what you say. I just hope it comes true. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Like, like, oh, this sounds so good. You know, I worked so hard, and then you know it's yeah. like to reach a plateau, you know, it, it, and then it gets stale. Go ahead. Exactly. You know, and it's very funny because I know, uh, even for myself, uh, you know, a couple of years back I had uh, a number of financial things and difficulty I was working through. Well, yeah. We were going through a depression slash recession. Most of us got hit. Right. And then things shifted yeah. in 2013 where things got really good business-wise and in other areas. And I've been consistently good for over a year now. And the funny part of it nice. is because I went through such difficulty, like there's still a party that gets phobic. It's sort of like when does the sort of shoe drop? I mean, once it clicks. Right. But this is actually a very positive sign. It's suggesting that you're actually about to kind of come into your own. So I do think you can trust that. Your guys are saying to me, you'll see some of this as early as June. So this is oh, coming up rather quickly. And then I like where I see things at in the fall. They're sort of telling me something you've been working toward kind of comes your way and grows in a beneficial way. So very good signs. Oh, my God, that's nice. Can you actually yeah. see from your guide? Like, you're, like, are you clairvoyant? I didn't know. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of both. Once someone asks me a question, depending on how to open to them, that's what happens. I like to use tools, meaning rune right. stones or tarot cards, because it helps to confirm so I remain neutral. But ultimately, really, mm -hmm. it is. It's sort of like a tapping in where I, I hear their guide. You guys say things to me as well. And I would say, listen, your guides are saying the same thing to you. It's just that you have trouble hearing it sometimes because, again, we, we get stressed. We've gone through difficulty. Exactly. We're not sure anymore. We, we wonder. So I'm getting a clarity that came through. What if I ask you through. a question? What if I ask you a question? Do you see a sponsor coming towards me? A sponsor? Yeah, I do want to kind of like direct you. Yeah, like from my work. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that you ask that because that's, you know, it's very funny because I had a client come. I'll tell you a quick story here. I had a client come the tell other me. day, and she, she started her own business where she does whack things for people and, and things like that. She had some real difficulties, and she opened her own office, and her business is actually going well. And she wanted right. to expand it, and she was making good money but not really enough to fully expand the business. And she came to see me the other day, and she said, Jim, so mm -hmm. One of my clients decided that he's got cancer and he's very sick and he knows he's not going to live for another year or two longer, but because of the work I did with him, he's decided to give me $200,000 in the will when oh, he passed. Nice. And I, she was like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I don't, well, listen, there's something you have to do. You just say thank you and you take it. Yeah. And she said, no, 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 you know what I mean? I feel uncomfortable about this. And I said, no, you don't need to unless you probably have some problems no. with your family. So, but that is fine. Oh, okay, yeah. That's fine. a different well, story. This. But right, but I said just accept it. It's a karmic thing that's being paid back. And I'm telling you yeah. that story for a reason. In answer to your question, yes, someone's going to come along that's going to help with your situation. And mm -hmm. I see something growing. It, you guys are saying you're very creative, and that's a big yeah, part yeah. of it. Someone, 
tapping into that and recognizing that element. So good question because I'm telling that story for a reason. It's very similar. Someone's about to come into the picture and kind of help you along. So it's just about you saying, I'm ready for it. I'm receiving it. It's like a, it's almost like a karmic debt that from another life that you're going to be paid back with. So that's what you're setting yourself up for. Okay. That's so nice. Thank you very, very much. I'm glad you called back in. Thank you. And I really enjoyed uh, what you said about the readers. I think, you know, the only thing I would say is that I think energetically, when you're energetically connected to the reader, they're, they're, and you're more open and they're open, right. then the size the limit. You can read whatever then you, you get, want exactly. from them. You know? and that's it. Yeah. And that's it. Your tenacity is paid off. I, listen, I'm not, you, if you listen to other shows, you know when I have crappy information, I share that too. You always have good information. You always have good yeah. information. And uh, thank you very much for keeping your word, okay? I appreciate thank you. that. I always do. Awesome. Thank you, darling. Okay, Let us know great. how it goes okay. for the next few months. I Cheers. will. I will. Okay. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Uh, awesome call. Thank you. All right. You know, I have one more call. But listen, I have another 954, interestingly enough. That's pretty trippy. Uh, two 954 calls. Other 954, we're out of time. They're cutting me off here. So I'll call in on the next show. I will remember your number, and I'll make sure you get pulled in early on. Okay? Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody, for your calls and listening in today. I appreciate all of you. I'll be back here in a couple of weeks with my astrology show. Looking forward to doing that and talking to you guys next time. Cheers. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.